Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Today is the last Sunday of our sermon series, Road Trip, our lifelong journey of discipleship. On the first Sunday, we've talked about the, the importance of hitting the road as we start the journey of discipleship. And on the second and the third Sunday, we have talked about the times when we need to stop for God's mission and God's people. And, uh, and we also talk about the time that when we need to make a U-turn to get into the right direction. And the last Sunday, we talked about on our faith journey, how choosing the road less traveled makes our journey worthy for God's kingdom. And today, we will consider the times when our complaint and impatience grow during our long journey of discipleship. With our sermon titles, are we there yet? Let us pray. Oh, gracious Lord, the summer is gone, and now we are about to start on a new the church year, oh Lord. Thank you for guiding us and leading us up to now as we weave a sermon series, the road trip. And we invite you in this place again and touch each one of our hearts and open our minds and open our ears so that we may hear what you want us here and to do. Thank you, Lord, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Traveling with kids is no joke. <laughs> Recently, one of my friends who has two sons, a 10 months old and a four years old, got a job in California. They decided to do a road trip rather than flying um, from Boston to California. Since it was not a, just a vacation trip, they spent two or three weeks to pack all of their things in Boston, getting ready to hit the road. And it was their first time to travel that far with their two children. They did not know what to expect on their road trip. So I made a phone call to my friends one day to check in on her. And back then, I, I just assumed that probably my friends already arrived at their new house in California. But when I called her, I found that they were still in the middle of their road trip. Actually, my friends and her family were staying at a resort to relax a bit and entertain her two children. And then she told me that the trip was taking longer than she expected. And everybody was tired, especially her two kids who were restless, began to grumble and cry and scream out. And her four-year-old son kept asking her, Mommy, are we there yet? It's not just my friend's story. Some of you who have children or grandchildren, as you guys did, we might laugh because we all have been there. 
It happens to me all the time wherever I go somewhere with my two children. Nathan constantly asks me, are we there yet? And then we sometimes sing you know, that song, are we there yet? Not yet. Are we there yet? Not yet. Yeah. And he complains that he's thirsty, he's tired, or he's bored. And if it is a long trip, his complaints get worse and his restlessness grows. In our lifelong faith journey, sometimes we encounter moments when we complain to God how far we should go to complete this journey. And we ask God, are we there yet? This is not, uh, this is what it likely sounded like in the wilderness as the people of Israel traveled from Egypt to the promised land during 40 years of wandering. Before entering into the wilderness, as we all know, the people of Israel experienced and witnessed the amazing things that God had done for them in order to libera liberate them from the bondage of slavery. God sent 10 plagues to Egypt to change King Pharaoh's minds. God opened up the Red Sea and saved the people of Israel from Pharaoh's army by crossing over the dry land. They washed the waters, engulfed the chariots of their oppressors after they finished crossing. How exciting. <clears throat> but as soon as the Israelites exit dramatically out of Egypt and enter the wilderness, they have forgotten what God had done for them before entering into the wilderness. And at its turn on the journey, they got more impatient, complaining, and remembering, and asking, are we there yet? In chapter 15, the people of Israel complained about the water because the water they found was undrinkable. It was bitter. So they complained against Moses and God about the water. And graciously, God made the water sweet so they could drink. In chapter 16 of the today's scripture lesson, after the bitter water incident, this time they faced another basic need, food. The whole community grumbled against Moses asserting their wish to have died in Egypt, where at least they sat around past the meat and ate all the food they wanted. They accused Moses of leading them into the desert so they could starve to death. This time again, God heard their complaining, and the Lord provided them food through the uh, introduction of manna. Later, quail are sent as a source of meat. 
In chapter 16, the Israelites encountered a second water issue. They grumbled against Moses again and said, give us water to drink. And God instructed Moses to strike a large rock with his shepherd's staff and water came out from the rock. And then they made the Israelites satisfied. Watching the Israelites who complain against Moses and God, sometimes we think the people of Israel get a bad rep. Their attitude towards God gets pretty ugly and ungrateful. They easily forgot God's provision and God's amazing grace. It's easy for us to point the finger at the Israelites here. But let's consider our reaction for a moment. Don't we do the same thing as the Israelites? Without awareness, I often find myself who complains a lot to my husband and to my family. Actually, I did this morning. I complain a lot like, why are you so late? Can you change the dirty diaper? Can you spend more time with them? Can you please clean up after play? Why is it sticky thing on the table? Can you just wipe it out? Can you? Can you? I can be just like the people of Israel. And we too can be pretty ugly in our responses to God's provision. I think complaining Grumbling and being thankless is part of our human nature, our sinful nature. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodism, says in his sermon, Original Sin, humanity is fallen from righteousness apart from God, is destitute of holiness and inclined to evil. Without God's grace, Human beings are bound to evil, and they are incapable of doing good because their very natures are evil, and their thoughts and their hearts are evil. Then what can we do? It is okay to constantly complain against God because we are born that way? No. Complaining does not help us at all. It makes our relationship with God and with our family members and with our friends worse. Like a cancer, it will gradually threaten our faith and steal joy from our hearts. It penetrates to the core and wrecks our hearts from within. Then how can we guard ourselves from this spiritual complaining or forgetfulness? How can we root out the cancer that threatens our joy and faith 
that help us to keep our on track for our journey of discipleship? The answer is in today's scripture lesson. That is to remember. To remember God's gracious deliverance, redemption, and provision. After God heard their complaints about not having something to eat, the people of Israel were given special food from God, manna from heaven. God instructed them to gather manna for six days, double portion on the last, and rest on the Sabbath day. But then God commanded Moses to take an omer of manna, about two quarts, and keep it in a jar throughout their generations as a reminder of God's faithfulness. This is what God said to Moses. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations in order that they may see the food with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. In these two instructions, we see how God cares for his people. First, God did not want his people to die before completing their journey. So God promised to provide them food, manna, until their journey ends. Second, God knows his people very well. God knows how forgetful people can be as they have shown by their attitude toward God. And God did not want them to live as forgetful, ungrateful ones because God loves them so much. So God gave them a special instruction to take an omer of manna, which usually got spoiled the next day, and to keep it in a jar as a reminder of God's faithfulness. And God kept the manna in the jar from spoiling to remind the people of Israel that God not only keeps manna from spoiling, but that God would keep them alive, even in the wilderness, and lead them to the promised land. The manna in a jar was also a reminder for them that God was faithful, and God would provide for them until they end their journey. <coughs> so brothers and sisters, God is saying the same thing to us. Since we are inclined to complain about our circumstances and to be thankless and to grumble like the people of Israel, God graciously reminds us that we must remember God's gracious redemption and provision so that we do not fail our journey of discipleship, but continue to walk with our Lord 
until the journey ends. Our job as a faith community is to remind each other God's provision and God's abundant grace by sharing good news and by sharing the love. This morning, we are invited to the Lord's table. Another reminder of God's amazing grace and God's gracious redemption and provision. Do you feel that our journey of discipleship is too long? Are you tired of your lifelong journey of discipleship? Or are you feeling like you want to complain? Are you tired? Or are you getting restless? Come, come to the table our Lord prepares for you. And receive the bread and wine as a reminder of God's loving grace and take them to satisfy your sick and tired souls. And let's continue to take our road together, our journey of discipleship together until the Lord comes. Amen.